Good morning, my name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship, and it is a delight to be with you today. It is such so good that I can come and share the Word of God with you, and I'm glad that you have uh, tuned in to uh, hear this message. It's an important message, every word. The Word of God is so powerful. But today, I just want to share with you some things along the line that I've been talking about over the last few weeks, and that is prayer, okay? We need prayer. Prayer precedes revival, and I believe we need revival and awakening in this land, in our nation. We need revival in the church. We need revival in each individual life, and that is renewal. In other words, something that was dead coming back to life, that's actually you revive them. We know what that word means. Well, spiritually, it is to wake us up and realize that we serve the living God and that we have a purpose here on this earth. And so if you're fit, trying to figure out what God wants from you or what he desires to give you and so forth and what his plan is for your life, I want to encourage you today to ask him because he is really a faithful father to us. He is a father and his heart towards you and I is love and he wants people to know him. He desires that so earnestly. And so I pray today that you would get to know the father and that you would realize his faithfulness to you. And that comes through prayer and relationship. So we're following through on what I want to pray with. The second part here is how to pray in faith. The second part. And I want to share some thoughts. And there's some things in here I believe that are really simple. I wouldn't necessarily call them principles, although I would use that word. But there's some things that that really do move the heart of God. And I want to share with you those particular things. So we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 11. And we're going to look at two verses, Mark chapter 11. And we'll look at verses 22 through 24. Okay. Now, Jesus is saying what Jesus is important, right? Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, faith is connected to what we're saying. Okay, so, you know, you think, well, uh, you can just say this and that and everything's going to be okay. That's not what it's saying. Actually, what it says is in prayer, it's the relationship, okay? And knowing what God's will is. And we know that when you begin to pray, that when you know it's God's will, because God has put it on your heart and you know it's from the Lord, and certainly this is God's will, okay? It's an, the inerrant word of God. And we know this is his will. So when we begin to pray, uh, and we know it's his will. We have confidence and we begin to continue to pray. Now, it may not come true or come to pass right away, but keep praying. There's something about it. And actually persevering prayer is what it's all about. Last week, I gave you the illustration that makes it simple about a Ferrari. And what I like, I like Ferraris. They, they don't know other car sounds like it and all. I mean, they're sure they drive, but they're four to five hundred thousand dollars. And so I'm like, Lord, this is not really your will that I have this. And I know it's not. Now, God could give it to me, but I know that's not. I want to be spiritually strong in the Lord. I want to know Jesus, okay? That's my desire, and I know that's his will. But I could pray that and never get it and say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. He knows, and certainly. There are things he gives us, doesn't he? He gives us and takes care of us every day. It doesn't mean that he's not a God of abundance, and he couldn't do any of that stuff. But it, 
all of that stuff. But what he's saying here, what is your will for our lives? First of all, obviously, to make us more like Jesus. Okay, and he knows exactly what we need to be tailor fit to our lives to carry us through certain situations that we maybe don't like so much because we think, gosh, this is hard, but he's making us more like Jesus. We know that that is his will. So we can pray, Lord, make me more like Jesus. When you pray in faith, it's something very, very important in understanding what that is here. And so there's several things that I believe are needed in order that we can pray in faith. And the first is, I need more than just my natural resources. In other words, I need to walk in the Spirit. If I'm just living for the world, okay, think about it. If I'm just living for the world and so forth and all, and I come in, well, God, give me this and give me that. And God obviously waits. He doesn't condemn us, but he waits until we begin what we talked about in the last couple months or so to walk in the spirit. In other words, be sensitive to the spirit, what the spirit is saying to us every moment of every day. But if we're just doing our own thing, then he knows it will probably abuse whatever he gives us. And we're not paying attention to him anyway. And that's walking in the flesh. We're not wanting his will in our lives. But if you're walking in the spirit, truly walking in the spirit, as the word of God obviously commands us to do, is that we know that we'll be sensitive, that we'll be able to walk and we'll know the will of God. OK, you will know the will of God when you look, search the scriptures and look at, the, at what's going on, what the scriptures are saying and so forth. You will learn what the will of God is. And that is certainly we know uh, in the word it says that he wishes none to perish but all to come to everlasting life, okay? You believe God wants everybody saved? Can you say amen to that? He wants everybody saved. Not everybody's saved. Not everybody trusts in Jesus. A lot of people around the world today are trusting in their own, quote, maybe a religion or their own selves. Maybe their good works or whatever it may be. But he wishes all to come to repentance, and that is recognizing that Jesus Christ was sent into the world and died for our sins and arose and he's in the he- in heaven right now with his with the father seated at his right hand ever making intercession for us by the way he's praying for you and me right now that that's encouraging so that's his will he wishes all to perish that all to come to everlasting life none to perish but does everybody come to salvation no we're not naive at that a lot of people reject what i'm saying because basically they just say you know i don't want any of this jesus stuff i mean you've gone fanatical on me jim You've gone off the, off your rocker here because you believe in all this Jesus stuff. I can do my own thing. I'm my own God and so forth. But the truth of the matter is this is the truth from the word of God. And this is truth right here. Okay. And Jesus is Lord. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. That will take place. And I'll guarantee you. But here's the thought is that you've got to know and have confidence that this is the word of God and every word in there will come to pass. It's either come to pass or is becoming to pass or will come to pass. Every word, it is truth and truth does not change. Our circumstances do. We're fickle and our obviously our way we respond to circumstances, but the truth never changes and he wishes all to come to everlasting life. But if you do that and you find that obviously um, I'm just going to do my own thing, I want to enjoy as much gusto, you know, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. You know, the old expression and somehow and not live your life for Jesus Christ. Then obviously, why should God obviously show what his will is? You don't want his will to begin with. You want his will. You want your will. And so what he's saying here, you've got to walk in the spirit. That is a condition to be able to pray in faith, believing that you have what you what you will get. Okay, that's most important. Uh, but we've got to guard our hearts. 
If anybody in here knows, listening, that we need to guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Our heart is our innermost being. Okay, It's the central part. You could say it. Here it is right here. It is actually who we are. It's our innermost being. He says, guard that because a lot of things are coming at it from every which way. A lot of lies, a lot of distortions, a lot of certain things that are not true. And he says, guard that because it actually is where life comes from. If you give you an illustration of that, when you're going along and you feel like, wow, you know, you've uh, you feel like you have kind of out of touch with God and so forth. You're kind of doing your own thing. You're not really connecting with him and you're not praying. You're not getting in the scriptures. You're not obviously coming to church or whatever it may be and so forth. You feel like, hey, I'm way over here and so forth. And all of a sudden this attack comes on you. Now, we've had an attack in this country and the fear that has been propagated throughout this country has been phenomenal, and it's psych- psychological, but it's also spiritual, certainly. And I'm saying today that obviously we always need to be careful whether or not it is the COVID or it's the flu or whatever it may be. We need to be careful of this, and we need to take precautions and so forth, but we don't, we're not afraid. We don't fear, obviously. We fear is of the enemy. Fear is not of God. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Love, power, and sound mind, okay? But you hear it spouted. Oh, gosh, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. And we're say, So what's happening is you're beginning to look over here and you're not guarding your heart and looking to Jesus who controls everything. And obviously, you're not going anywhere as a Christian until he's ready to take you. But we can live in fear and be bound up in that bondage of fear if we're not careful. And so we are not guarding our hearts. And so why in this particular case, it's going to be hard to hear what the will of the Father is. And it's going to be hard to pray in faith if we're not guarding our hearts. So that's one number one. Number two is I need to take God at his word. How many of you know, obviously, you believe this is the word of God right here? Do you believe it? Everybody. Amen. It's the word of God. Okay, it's infallible, obviously. It doesn't change. It's inerrant. There's not error here. People go, well, I want to argue with you about that, Jim, because I find error in the Bible. No, you can't. You can't find error. You may take something out of context, but it's no error in the word of God. This is the word of God. God has spoken to us and he's given us 66 books. He's given us plenty to obviously to point us to him that we could come to know Jesus Christ is the Messiah. It comes in that point of convicting us because the word obviously is active and living and is sharper than a double-edged sword. It pierces to the very conscience of those who read that scripture, open your heart to it, and God will speak to you because he promises that he will. But we have to believe this is the word of God. So in this word of God are promises. There are lots of promises. Anybody know a promise? One of them that we know well is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never walk away from you. I'll never. He is here right now. He's with us when we leave this place. He's with us every moment of every day. He said, I'll never leave you. I'm not coming and going. And it's nothing that you can do, obviously, in any way to earn that. It's just his grace. He just gives his his presence to us freely. And that's obviously something we can hang our hat on and we can say, Lord, I'm standing on your promises. You got to believe the word of God to be able to pray in faith. So when you see a promise in the word of God, then you take it and you believe it because it's the word of God and he doesn't change. Okay, so you can pray in faith, first of all, that you've got to take God his word. Now, 
What if you pray and you see something in God's word and you're looking at it and everything that you see looks contradictory to what that word says? What are you going to believe? You're going to believe what the word says? Are you going to believe what you see? What if you somehow say, well, I feel like this. A lot of people today sort of uh, run with their emotions. Their feelings are tops in their life and so forth. They go by their feelings. Well, I feel like this is the way. I feel like this is what I should do or whatever. No, what does God say you should do? Okay, but sometimes when you get in the midst of that, it looks everything looks contradictory. In other words, say God has told you to do something and you believe in your heart and you're looking here and and actually he tells us, tell people about me, tell people, witness to people about me. And you look and you're going, this person is too far gone. This person is addicted. This person is drugs and drinking and, and, and you know, carnality and uh, promiscuity and all this stuff. And you look at them and you're going, no way. But yet, down your heart, God is saying you need to share the love of Jesus with them. What are you going to do? You're going to take God at his word and actually say, well, Lord, you wish none to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. So that person that's an addict, or that person is totally so far away from God, they, they don't even seem to be on the map. What are you going to do? You're going to take God at his word and share your faith with them? Or are you going to say, hey, you're concluding that nothing can happen in that person's life? Maybe you've got a family situation. You feel like it is just, I can't take it anymore. Okay, All right. I can't take it anymore. God is the God of peace. Do you believe that he is the God of peace? And that he can enter into your situation no matter how bad it looks. See, I want to tell you, I can't do it and neither can you. But God says, my promise is I will help you in your time of need. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God will help you? If you believe it, then trust and then pray that way and don't give up. And you may not see immediate results, but you will see it eventually in one time or another, in one way or another. Because then you'll say, man, God had to have done this. There's no way that I could have done it myself. I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay. I can't turn this nation around. I can't do this and the evil that we see happening throughout this land. I can't do that on my own. But God Almighty can. Do you believe it? Do you believe that none... He wishes none to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. That's the truth. And that's a promise we know, okay? Because that's God's heart. Obviously, I didn't all of a sudden say, I decide to follow God. I didn't all of a sudden say, well, I, I just, I better come here and kind of turn my life over to God. Now, I've made, it a, I've made a wreck of it here in the past and so forth. And then all of a sudden, I need to do that. No, I didn't. It's because God was touching my life. Somebody was praying for me. I had a mother who was praying for me, a father, I'm sure. And I had other people praying for me. So you've got to believe that, that when you pray, you pray with confidence because you know God can take any situation and he can turn it around, even as big as, as big as America is today and as far gone as it looks like it's gone and so forth. And the things we're seeing today and the troubles that we're seeing, whether it be in the schoolhouse or whether or not it be on the border or whether or not it be anywhere in this country today, decisions that are being made and you're looking at, it, OK, we need God in this country, OK? And we need him now. And he's the only one that can turn it around, folks. Nobody else can do this sort of stuff. God can do it, though, I'll tell you. But you've got to believe him. Believe him. He's God. 
You see, we go into the prayers just sort of flipping prayers out and so forth and all. And all this unbelief is there and, and all. And God is going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Faith has to enter into this situation because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But the issue is, we talked about last week, how do we get to that place of believing God? You start here and saying, I'm going to stand upon the Word of God because the promises of God are true and they are for me. Do you believe a promise? And I'm going to ask you this and you can say amen. Do you believe the promise that God gave you of eternal life is true? Do you believe? Do you believe every person watching and every person in this place? Do you believe the promise that when you take your last breath that you're going into the presence of God Almighty? Did everybody here believe that? That's the word, right? And it's a promise. Jesus said, uh, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. He said that. Do you believe that? Everybody believes in him. You see, the devil comes along and said, you messed up for the last time. You're not acting right. You don't look right. You're not talking right. You know, and all this other stuff. You don't know the word, the Bible, like, you know, you think you should all this kind of stuff. And the devil tells you that pounds you with it day and night. And before long, you think, I don't even know if I'm going to heaven when I die. That's not God. That's not his promise. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it and stand on his promise. His promise is believe in me. That's not necessarily a feeling. Feelings may come, but it starts believing and just saying, God, I'm going to take you at your word. And then, God, you begin to meditate on that and think about it. And God changes your heart. So do we believe that obviously his promises are true? May not feel it. May not see anything happening. In fact, you may feel like in one way or another that it's just going the opposite way. It looks like to me it's going down to twos and there's no way. Our God is the God of impossible. He works when our backs are up against the wall. He works in situations that look like it's just no way out, doesn't he? Remember the story of Paul and Silas in the jail? Now, jails back then, I'm sure they were in bad. They were bad, okay? And they had uh, rats and it was nasty. Probably some real bigger roaches than we have here in Houston, right? Okay? That's pretty big. <laughs> So they, they were in, they, it was not good. It was a nasty situation. I, don't, I wouldn't want to be in jail to begin with, okay? But there was no, obviously, indoor plumbing or any of that. It was a nasty place. And what were they doing? They were singing songs and hymns to the Lord. Amen. They were singing and they were praising God. How do you do that? How do you praise God in the worst of conditions when that's taking place? Because they knew God. And they knew his promises. And what happened? All of a sudden, supernaturally, the jail door just burst open. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I mean, their confinement all of a sudden broke loose. And where they were, and where they were held captive, because they praised God. Wow. They believed God. They'd been praying in faith. They believed that God still had something for both of them. And if you're here today, it's because God got something for you, okay? And he hasn't finished with you. And he hasn't finished with me. Because if not, you would be six feet under. Trust me. So do not doubt this, folks. Do not say, I'm not sure why I'm here and I don't know my purpose and so forth. Oh, you've got a purpose. If you're above ground, we've got a purpose, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so what does that mean? 
Does that mean God has sort of, again, He left us to our own? No. The Bible speaks just the opposite. He will help us, but you've got to pray believing it. Because I can come to Him and be wishy-washy, this and that, and all over the board as far as believing Him. And I can sort of like, I mean, I'm going up in smoke, so to speak. Okay? But you've got to believe God and believe His Word. There are many promises that He has, and we need to know. We need to get in the Word of God. And look and find it because you say, yeah, but the word of God doesn't necessarily specifically address my my uh, need or what my problem is. If you get in the word and you see a promise, you watch what God does with that promise. He'll make it real personal. He'll bring it about in your life to where you'll be able to get through whatever it is you're facing today. That's who our God is. The third thing here is I need to exercise the faith that I have. In other words, we ask. You say, I don't know how big my faith is. I don't either, really. You don't know. God knows. But I'm, I need to ask, Lord, I need faith here. I don't, I'm looking at a situation that looks like really bad stuff. And I'm going, I ask you to increase my faith. I ask you for faith for this situation that I'm in. I'm in bad shape, Lord. My world is topsy-turvy, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. In fact, every week we come to church, it looks like it's gotten worse. You go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I know. And I have faith. Ask, give me faith. Increase my faith that I'll believe what you said that you will take care of this issue. Because I can't. How many of you try to fix it yourself and you find out you fall flat on your face? Amen. Isn't that what happens? We try to fix it ourselves instead of going to the Lord and saying, Lord, would you fix it for me? I'm going to leave it in your hands. Because what happens is we cry out and say, okay, even if we do that, then we look at it and it doesn't all of a sudden just turn around. And then we kind of give up and kind of walk away. When God said, I just started working. You just asked me. Give me time here. I'm doing something else besides this. God is never, he's never slow to his promises, trust me. But it takes time. God works something in our heart during that process. He draws us closer to him. If I just like used him as a genie in the bottle, God and pop out this answer, pop out that answer and so forth, I wouldn't have a relationship because I would just ask him for all these things and he would do it and pop it out. And that'd be it. No, he wants a relationship with you and me. He wants us to talk to him, to walk with him, to pray to him, to read his word, to study, to, to come together in fellowship. He wants all these things, you see. That's who our God is. And so we've got to exercise it. We've got to ask, ask, and then acknowledge. We've got to say, Lord, this is your word. I'm mentally affirming it. Don't we start right here between these walls right here? I'm affirming it. You said it. I don't see it happening, but you said it, and I believe it. Because if you don't believe it, it's kind of like you stop. You haven't gotten past first base. And so you've got to believe it, what he says. And you've got to be able to, to look at it and say, well, you said it, God, so I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to stand upon your word, you see. You know, I can sit on a couch to, tomorrow and imagine, say, for example, just this is an illustration, that my rich uncle had given me $100,000. Now, I can imagine that. OK, and I can sit there and that would be fun. Man, my my uh, rich uncle just gave me a check, one hundred thousand dollars. And I can imagine that's great. Right. Everybody agree. Yeah, just think about it, man. That's great. We think about. It. But when that rich uncle comes in with a check and puts it in my hand, that's when obviously it's totally different, isn't it? You see, and in our lives, God is taking putting his promise right in your hand. You hear he's got it begins to get in our in your heart down deep and you begin to believe it. You begin to say, my God can do this. OK, 
My God can help me in my circumstances. He can give me a job. He can do all, all these things. He can do it. And a lot of times we probably don't even give God the credit for even taking care of us, do we? In the small things. He obviously, I ate last night. Had good supper. Love Vietnamese food. Cindy and I went and got Vietnamese food. We love that. I had supper. He, he brought me here safely today. Okay. He took care of me. Probably there's a battle going on because God doesn't want his word shared. Okay. A battle to keep you in the bed. I mean, think about it, how cool and fresh it was and how good it would have been just to lay in that bed this morning and pull the covers up. You know, my alarm goes off at 530 and I hear it and I go, oh, my goodness. Here we go. Let's get up. You know what I mean? I used to pop up pretty quickly. I'm a lot slower now at my age than I used to. But again, I'm the preacher, so I had to come to church, okay? <laughs> you didn't have to come, did you? You know that. You made a choice. You want to get around people. You want your faith stirred because it's really about that. And we're living in real warfare, spiritual. And there is an enemy that wants to take you out and me out, wants to take this church out, wants to take out our culture completely. There's a real enemy that's going for it. And it is spiritual. And I could go into that all day long with you about it, but... Obviously, uh, we don't have the time for it. We will in the future, I'm sure. But praying in faith in faith is not magic. It's not something, you know, rubbing my hand on the genie bottle. Boom. But it is talking to our Father. The Father's heart we sing about. It is talking to Him. And He's a tender Father. And He's very faithful to us. And He's so good to us, okay? He is a Father, Abba Father, Daddy God in Romans chapter 8, the Word. He's like daddy God. He's real tender with us. Yes, we respect him and we revere him. But he's, he just wants us to come. Run to the Father. Run to the Father. Obviously, it's very important in understanding the promises that God has made to us. So, I set my mind to rely on what God has said. I start there, right? You remember the story of Abraham. You remember? What was he, 100? He was 100 years old. And Sarah was 90. And God told him, came to him and said, you will be the father and descendant of many, many people. OK. And don't you think Abraham said, I'm dried up here, God. OK, I'm done. So is so is Sarah. We're done. We, we, we're ready. We're retired. Lord, do you know what retirement is? OK, we're done. OK. Remember, God spoke the promise that he would. You would have many descendants. OK. And God, Abraham left a, a country that he was familiar with and he left his comfort zone and he went into a foreign land, okay? And he kept on believing God. He kept on, kept on believing him. But if he went by his feelings, then actually he would have probably said no. And you and I may not have been here at this point, okay? But because of those who've gone before us that we know we are. But they believed God, even though his body, everything, he's too old, Sarah's too old. And Sarah got pregnant with Isaac and gave birth. Abraham believed God in spite of what he saw. That's the whole crux of what we're saying here. We had to believe God in spite of what we see. But it's up to you and me. You know, when I was raised, um, my brother and I have always told the story, we were raised in the church. And uh, my mother and father, we would dress up in a little tie, coat and tie, you know. Now, I hate ties. 
like that. But, but anyway, that's another thing. But we dress up in coat and tie and we go to church, okay? And we heard, I heard the word of God when I was young. And I looked and, and, and the church many times was, I mean, we had a lot of people. People would come. And down through my lifetime, I've seen it. The church house was a lot of people that would come in and listen to the word of God and praise him and worship him. And today it seems like that people are sort of turned off about who God is. They feel somehow cold towards the things of God. And we don't see that influx of people like what we want. But I want to tell you today, God has us here to pray that harvest in. Do you believe it? He said, go and pray for the laborers to bring the harvest in. And the disciples said, Lord, it's not ready yet. It's not ready. And Jesus said, I'll tell you, it's ready. And it's ready right now. And he says, pray with faith the harvest back into the church house, back into that, the body of Christ. Those who have not accepted Jesus, those who are looking for hope, looking for truth, and they're looking many times in all the wrong places. You see, that's what God is calling you and I, is to believe Him. Do you believe Him? I've always said just in this immediate area here of League City, if people would just come in up and down the streets and so forth, this church house would be filled. Okay? And I believe that God wants people to be saved. Okay? I'll never doubt that. And I know you do too. So that means the person on this street, 3rd Street, 4th Street, right on down, he wants them to be saved. And maybe only a handful are in the church listening to the Word of God. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You have to have faith. You have to step out. When I accepted Jesus, you know, I didn't understand it all, but I had faith. I said, Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. And I want you as my personal Lord and Savior. You got to believe it. Because if you don't, you really look at the circumstances and it doesn't look like anything is changing. And therefore, you won't pray in faith. And what is faith? Confidence. That God is who He says He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's what faith is, you see. And so we hear in verse 18 of uh, Romans chapter 4, it's against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And that's why it was credited to him as righteousness. You see, when you accepted Jesus, you believed that God had the power to save you. That you would go to heaven when you took your last breath. When you stepped out in faith, you said, I do believe Jesus is the Savior of the world. I don't understand it all. Why would God's son come and die for my, take my sins upon him. But I believe it. And you step out like that. And so you step out in that initial act of faith. And the walk of a Christian every day is a walk of faith. And again, like last week, I said, the Bible says that without faith, you know, it's possible to please God. And everything that's not of faith is ob ob actually sin. Okay. So we should be believing God for great things. How many of you have expected God to move in this place today when you came? You think you're anticipating coming in here? You want to come? 
Now, I understand it's been a rough week and I understand all these things and so forth. But down deep in your heart, are you saying, hey, I'm going to church. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to church. I'll brush my teeth and comb my hair and I'll put my pants and my dress on or suit or whatever and I'm coming to church. How many of you did that? I hope you all brushed your teeth, by the way. If you didn't, please take a breath, man. But see, you, you're doing that. You're going. But did you come expecting, saying, I want to see something. God's doing something here. God is moving in this place. And you say, yeah, but with my natural eyesight, I, what's, what's going on? Well, I can't say. You can't see with your natural eyesight. It's spiritual. Down deep, that word of God is going forth and touching people's lives all over, even here and on that Zoom here. Okay? And you've got to believe it. Because he said it won't return void, but it will go forth and accomplish what he desires for it to accomplish. And so I believe it. And that settles it. But we've got to believe God. So Abraham did three things. Listen to this. He didn't allow the circumstances to stop him from taking God at his word. He had confidence in what God said. Look, get in the word, find his promises, and then claim them and pray about them. Abraham did. But their bodies were dried up too old and so forth and here comes the baby okay and all of those things took place and so god had given abraham a promise and that reality is more real than any other reality how many of you know that what god says trumps every other reality you may look at it and say no 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 and god says this which one trumps that god's word god's word trumps everything is it supersedes everything Second thing, verse 21. He was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised, okay? Could God do it even though Sarah was past childbearing age? Yes, he was fully persuaded. And that persuasion begins in our mind. If we don't get anything else out of this today, I want a couple things and I'm going to lead up to it in just a moment. And that is, right now, agree with me in your mind. If you don't, then just sit idly. But if you agree with it, agree with it in your mind that what I'm saying is true. Let it begin here. That the promises of God actually supersede every other reality. Amen? Amen. You got to put, it gets here. Okay? If you don't believe it up here, it's kind of like God waits until you do receive it mentally. Okay? Because it begins up here. I begin reading the Word of God and we just read the Word of God and I look at it and I take it in here and I begin to read it. I begin to meditate on it and before long, it works faith in my heart and saying, yeah, that's right, Lord. That's right. Does that make sense? I want to put it simply where we can understand it. So Abraham was fully persuaded. He knew God can do it. Okay. If there's a situation in your life that you're like, wow, that's over my head. God can work it out. God can do it. The third thing is, and he kept praising God and giving him glory through the whole process. He praised God. Okay. How many of us, when we get in that crucible and the fire gets hot, that we start murmuring and complaining? Oh, God, I'm going to help me over here. You know, instead of praising God. Abraham's promise was not immediately fulfilled, the promise to him. But he believed God. What did he do? In the meantime, he praised God. What are we doing every Sunday when we come here? We're praising God. Amen. We're praising, worshiping him. So we're praising him. We're thanking him. But when we leave the church house where the rubber hits the road, right? You go, and Jim, you can't see me when I'm going, okay? Praise God. Abraham didn't complain. But what did the Israelites do? 
when they came out of the Egypt, out of captivity, they had been slaves. They had actually been slaves. And they were actually making bricks without straw. I mean, it's pretty hard to do that. But they were slaves. And they came out and they murmured. They murmured. They'd give us something to eat. And then he gave, God gave them manna. And that was, you could call it angel food. It was good stuff, I'm sure. Because he said, just take enough for that one day. Don't take more or it will rot because I want you to be dependent upon me. But they murmured and murmured and complained and all. Instead of praising God, I'm out of captivity. See, as Christians, we can praise him forever. And you see, that's exactly what's going to happen when we get to heaven. But we don't wait until heaven. We praise him now. If you're saved and you're sitting here today or you're watching this today and your salvation is in Jesus Christ today, we have every right to praise him forevermore. Amen. We have every motive. Every obvious momentum to praise him forevermore. We don't have anything to to complain about. Complaining is not of God. Negativism is not of God. He, he's, a, he's a God that, that he's, we trust Him. We lean on Him and praise Him. Again, Paul and Silas is in jail. A bad place. And they praise God. They were singing in that type of conditions. We think these are just story, stories for our entertainment. These are stories that are reality should be working in our hearts, church. It should be in my heart, my heart, your heart. He kept praising God. Okay. But we know, obviously, the Israelites didn't do that. So, how do we do it? Quit asking. I need faith for it. Got a situation? Give me faith. Real simple. The second thing, we acknowledge that His promises are true. Show me your promises. Get into the Word. Open the Word of God and just turn. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you'll confess in your mouth that Jesus, from your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confession is important. Begin to confess it. In other words, tell people about it. We've had Betty here. She's confessing. Hey, that preacher prayed the deliverance over me and took authority over that. And, and I'm sitting there in my sciatica nerve. Actually, something happened and I feel much better. I can move now. I'm not hurting anymore and so forth. She began confessing that here today and praising God. Uh, she was given mattresses and all this other abundance of stuff, okay? And she didn't know how, where did that come from? Came from the Lord. His gracious hand of abundance. And she's confessing this. Confess what God has done. That's why we spend time before we start. Talk about it. Tell people about it. You don't have, you're not boasting and all this. You just need to tell people because it stirs people's faith here. And the importance of words, speaking it here. Don't be negative. The Israelites were negative. We can, I can slide into that negativity sometimes. And, and I have to get pulled out. I feel like I'm just, I don't have life when that negativity is there. Get back to where God is saying this. God, you said you got plans for me. And you know, I don't know how many more years I've got to live. Man, the years are going by fast, you know. Birthdays slip up on us real fast. I don't know how many more years. But I said, Lord, use me until the day you call me home. And then you'll use me in heaven. Amen. And so be positive. God's not finished with us yet, folks. God has not stopped working in your life and my little wife. The word of God is going forth. He's touching your heart today. It's changing our hearts, making us more like Jesus. Not me, the word. I'm a vessel. God says, hang in there. Don't give up. In Romans 10, 8, the word is near you in your mouth and your heart here. This is not just something you, you speak of here, but obviously the Bible says you'll give an account for every idle word. <laughs> you believe that? Whoa, that's real sobering to me. We will give an account, the Bible says, for every idle a word. 
Watch what you say. Words hold power. Watch what you say and so forth. I believe there sometimes we can put curses on people's lives that when we speak and we don't even realize it. We speak curses. You know, sometimes as kids we're raised in families that obviously maybe if they weren't Christians and maybe and so forth, they didn't realize. And, and um, maybe dad or mom or both said, you'll never amount to anything. You need to get up and because of their frustration maybe or whatever it may be and they speak those words over your life. You know what that is? That's a curse. And you need it broken. You need that God to break that off of you. And you wonder why you are today. And sometimes I pray with people and ask the Lord to show me and he'll take me back into their childhood. And one way or another, they were wounded in their childhood. And God wants to heal that wound and break that off you because words hold power. Watch what you say. It's important. We ask, we pray, we acknowledge, obviously, and we assert and then we act on it. <clears throat> How do you do it? You need to help with the Holy Spirit. But isn't it good that God left the Spirit with us? That He will give us the power needed to do what God's called us to do. I'm just going to read a, a scripture that uh, this is, wasn't planned. But I want to read Ephesians chapter 3. We read it in Sunday school this morning. But I want to read it for a reason. And it's actually Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. And listen to this, and I'm going to go back to what it's saying. For this reason, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. Okay, this is an important prayer because it's recorded in the Bible. He says, I be, the, this is the reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and in earth uh, derives its name. I pray, this is Paul, that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your innermost being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we think or ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations he's talking about power power what could you ask for give me faith and then what can you ask for you need to overcome whatever situation you're you're going through and you need that ask for God's power ask him he's saying here that you'll have power he wants us to have his power in our lives to obviously resist sin to obviously flee from temptation, to walk as he would have us to walk, right? To lead others to Christ, to, to share our faith with other people, to live the victory that Jesus has brought to each one of us. He wants us to have his power. But it comes many times through asking. He will do that. The Holy Spirit will give us power if we'll trust him and lean upon him and believe him. Because the Bible says, I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. What are those things? I mean, good, good, great things. I hasn't seen nor ear heard those great things God has for those prepared for those who love him. That's who our God is. And he wants to reveal it, but it comes through the spirit. 
The Spirit reveals these things to you. So he does it so. He searches the deep things of God. The Spirit knows because he is the third person of the Trinity. Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so you need plans for your life. God knows. Do you think God knows where he's leading you? <laughs> okay. Do you believe that God knows the destination he has for you and me? Okay. Do you believe that he has a plan for you in his life? Do you believe that obviously our destination is with Jesus? Our destiny is in Jesus. Okay. But until then, we're still, you're saying, I just need to obviously see somebody with flesh on, so to speak. I need to see it right now, Lord, because I'm hurting right now. Then go to the Lord. And ask him for the power to believe him. And to stand with him. No matter what it is you're facing. Doesn't make any difference. Nothing is too big for God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we think or ask. He's great big God. He's big. And he's powerful. He's all powerful. He spoke and it came. Everything that came into creation. Everything was set and twirling. And everything else. Just like he wanted it. This is the God you pray to. This is our father. Who owns everything. The cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. Okay. And he can do it. But you got to believe him. you got to trust him here. You need to know. That God is for you. Not against you. He's not there saying. Boy you've messed up again. Or you know this or that. No. I'll ask you what to do right now. Is start right now. Just right now where you are. And make a decision. Because see most of what we uh, who we are and what we've done are decisions we've made. Choices make a choice today to trust God. I'll give you an example about this and then we're going to get ready to close here. Um, a young lady, she's praying for a husband. Okay. She's doing the things that we've talked about. Asking in prayer, acknowledging the promises of God. For example, Psalm 84, 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And it's not good for man to be alone. We know that. It's what God says. Promise of God. Okay. God sets the, solid, the solitary in families. And so she begins acknowledging the word and standing on the promises that God has made in his word. She asserts the promises of God in her conversation. She begins to tell people, I believe God wants to give me a husband because he's saying that it's not good for man to be alone. I, you know, I believe that. And and all. And so God begins to work this in her heart because up here he she saw it in the scripture and she believes it and she begins to obviously tell other people about it, you know? And we need to do that too more even than what we're doing, okay? And so she acts in accordance with her confidence in God. She is actually beginning to learn how to cook and to clean house and to do all things. She's in preparation for that husband. Okay? So she's getting prepared, right? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit one day speaks to her heart and says, your husband is on the way. You know, then that's it. Bingo. That's it. God's quick. And she says, i got a husband. i got a husband that's coming. Okay. She was preparing for it. She acted on what she knew and believed in her heart. A promise. Okay. It didn't come right away, but she kept praying. What she do? She learned how to cook, learned how to wash clothes. She learned to do all these things. And that's just an example. So what is it today you're hoping that God will help you with? What is it today? What is on your heart today? Or is it a blank slate? And you're just like, man, I'm just hoping to get through the day. <laughs> or do you have some hope? Do you have hope for your family? Do you wish your family would be closer? 
do you feel like that obviously this COVID would go away and that we would have some freedom from that or I'd be able to go through this COVID situation safe. Certainly we need to be safe. We, we need to uh, be careful and do the things we need to do. But are you hoping and praying that? Are you doing? What is it that's on your heart today? Then go to the Lord with it. Ask him for faith to believe that God can take care of the matter. He can take care of it. He can do it. And then begin to act on that. Find a promise in the word of God that goes along with what you're uh, obviously desiring in your heart, whatever you know it may be, and, and knowing in the will of the Father, and get in the word, find a promise, and then stand on the promises of God. It's old hymn, standing on the promises of God. We all know that. Okay? And then begin to stand on it and begin to pray. This is a promise, Lord, I believe it. And at the right time, the Holy Spirit will quicken your heart and say, it's on the way. It's ready. But you've got to believe. You've got to know. You know it's in God's will. You know it's in God's will. You may be saying, I, I really want to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. You know that's in God's will. Then obviously take promise in the word and then pray it. Begin to pray it. You could just take it and pray it. Just read it to him. Just read it. That's a prayer. You can read to it. And then act on it. Tell people about it. That's why, again, we save room, a little bit of room for the testimonies. And I'd spend the whole time. We'd stop Zoom if we had to. His testimony, because if this revival takes place, there's going to be some things happening in this place, okay? Awakening in people's hearts like we've never seen before. And God, I just want God to have his way, don't you? I, I, I'm not in control here, folks. I want to tell you right now, I'm not in control. The Spirit of God is in control. And all I want is what he wants. He can do whatever he wants to in this place. I don't care what he does as long as he does it. Because I don't have any power apart from him. It's him. It's him. I'm a vessel. If you want that, you can ask him. Say, Lord, let me have faith to believe. And then I acknowledge. You said, okay, Lord. You said you'd help me. He said, the Bible says he's an ever-present help in our time of trouble. You're in trouble? He says, ever-present help. Believe it. And stand and pray it. It's almost like, you see, it all begins in heaven. The word of God is there and he's, he's brought it down to earth. He came in Jesus Christ, his son. He's the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It's G, he's Jesus, okay? And so just believe. It started there. He puts in your heart. But let me tell you, if you think you've got it all messed up in what I'm trying to tell you today, just go to the Lord. He'll get it right with you. Trust me. All he wants is a relationship with you. Isn't that great? <laughs> Because I'm going, Lord, I'm all over here. But isn't it great to know you don't have to have it all together? You say, Jim, you got the theology and all that kind of stuff. No, it's a relationship. Yeah, that's great, fine. But it's a relationship. God has to do this. But I know one thing. When you ask him, something begins and starts, starts turning in motion. And he's going to work something, miracles. Watch what happens. Don't give up. Remember, do you still believe? Even though you've been praying or maybe something is not working out the way you would want and it looks like it's going, don't give up. Make a decision to keep going and keep trusting and keep on believing. Don't give up. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth.
Thank you that we are going to pray in faith. We ask for faith that you would increase our faith. We acknowledge, Lord, your word is the truth and we will get in your word. We will acknowledge your promises of God. We'll claim those promises. We'll walk in those promises today. And Lord, we wait upon you as we continue to beseech you. And the issues here in this church today and those watching by Zoom, whatever they may be, they're not too big for you. You're bigger than all of the issues that we face in life, Lord. And we know today you're working and we ask you, Lord, to work in your will and your way. We believe you, Lord. We're waiting. We're looking. We're seeking. We're searching. We're longing for your presence. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A lady that had talked uh, as a Christian lady. And she said this. And let me just encourage you with this. And we'll leave you with this. The way she approached problems. Because we all have problems. None of us are obviously um, immune to those. We have problems. But when you begin to have problems. She used this. She said this. She said this. She said. God is at work. God is at work. She said that right away. The problem's still going on. Okay. That didn't just go poof and the problem's gone. But she began saying, God is at work. Can we do that? God is at work in this country. God is at work in our families here. And God is at work in Lighthouse Fellowship and the body of Christ. I want everybody to receive an awakening revival. I'm not. I don't. I'm not at all. Obviously, Lord, do it all over this country today. Bring us back to you. I believe God is at work. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Trust Jesus. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, today may be the day. Today may be the day. Believe Him. He, why? He went to Calvary. He went because for God so loved the world. God didn't send His Son into the world, condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Amen. See you next week. God bless you. And have a wonderful week in the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Okay.